Hi, everyone. This past week, President Joe Biden was inaugurated. Now, there's going to be some things that I really will not agree with that he does or tries to do. And I know there's going to be things that he's going to do that I'll agree with. But regardless, the one thing that I am going to do is covenant to pray for President Biden and his success as he leads our nation. And we all should. There is a lot at stake right now, and we have a very large investment in his success because our nation is hurting right now. I mean, it's really clear, not just the last several weeks as bad as it's been, but man, COVID has moved from pandemic to just being endemic. I mean, it's here and we've been hit hard on a lot of levels. I mean, illness, obviously, but the economy, our emotional health, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We have a very difficult road ahead. And I pray for our leaders, just as I pray for our community and our church and our nation and our world. But beyond that, I, I wanna point something out here because a lot of people are disappointed right now. And a lot of people are really happy right now. And whatever camp you're in, Chances are you are feeling the exact opposite four years ago. I mean, not everyone, but I have the feeling most are. And my point is, if your faith is centered on anything of this world, you're going to be disappointed at some point. I mean, that's really the heart of what Jesus was saying in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 of Matthew. Don't store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal. Store for yourself treasures in heaven. Neither moth nor rust consume. Thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus was saying, our hope needs to be beyond this world. I mean, if your life is centered on anything of this world, like maybe a thing, a car or a house, or maybe your hope is based on a person, like a politician, it really doesn't matter. Anything and everything of this world will finally break down. They won't last and you're gonna be disappointed. So what's your hope? That's exactly why we wanna do this series. Right now, January, 2021, we need to be crystal clear about the source of our ultimate hope and it's not a Republican or a Democrat. Our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. You know, when they announced his birth, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. That good news of great joy is our hope today. It's the only lasting hope that we will ever have. So we're taking some time to really understand the good news of great joy of the coming of Christ. And that's our ultimate hope. Today, I wanna to talk about heaven what the Bible says about heaven. I mean, some people think they look up and they, you know, heaven is up in the sky and the clouds. Heaven isn't a place in our universe. We need to think more heaven being God's space. It's the place where God is sovereign king and where his rule is complete. I want to start from the beginning with the very familiar words from Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you hear what that verse says, God created both of them. 
the heavens and the earth. He created them at the same time. And I think this is very interesting. Heaven and earth were created together. N.T. Wright says there are two interlocking spheres of God's creation created at the same time and they're mysteriously intertwined. Genesis teaches that heaven and earth were created together, overlapping realities, and they're meant to work together is the point, to interact together, not in a way that we can control, but I really believe in a way that we can experience. So if earth is the space that we dwell in with the rest of creation, what is the function of heaven? Well, in the Old Testament, heaven, heaven is where God dwells. And it's not just uh, as much a place as a, a space. It's another dimension that was so close to earth that it, it was like the two overlapped. Again, I love how N.T. Wright describes this. He says sometimes they can seem as close as a breath, just right there, and other times not. You know, from the first stories of the Bible, God would come and, and go from heaven and earth as he pleased, and he interacts with creation, and walks with humans in the garden, shows himself to Moses through the burning bush. I mean, the list goes on and on. Old Testament passages like 1 Kings 8 and Isaiah 66 they tell us heaven is where God dwells. 1 Kings 8.30, Here, the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Here in heaven, your dwelling place, he didn't forgive. Or Isaiah 66, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me and what is my resting place? All these things my hand has made. So all these things are mine, says the Lord. So heaven may be where God dwells, but heaven is so close, the space between the two can be crossed by God. As a matter of fact, it was crossed by Jesus. And through his resurrection, Jesus connected the two spheres closer together than we realize. The Bible teaches heaven is where we go when we die. And the Bible also teaches that heaven is the place where God rules. But that's not the end of the story. There's more. As we learn to walk with Jesus and we learn to live as his disciples in this world, little by little, the kingdom of God is revealed in this world. Heaven breaks through the space separating the heaven and the earth, and, and, and we live Christ's teachings and Christ's actions and Christ's love in our lives before this death. We're agents of God's love. We're agents of God's justice, and we experience God's beauty in this world. The hope of the kingdom of God, the hope of heaven, it's not something that we wait to escape to. I want us to hear that. Heaven is something that we can enter into by following Christ. And, and heaven breaks through into this existence and, and the kingdom of God advances. So heaven and earth created together at the same time to complement each other. But that's not all. Listen to Paul's words from Ephesians 1.10. He says, with all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure 
that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. What do you think it means that God's plan is to gather all things, things in heaven, things on earth, in the fullness of time? Well, what Paul's saying is when God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1, it was part of a much larger plan. Creation wasn't complete. And in the fullness of time, God's going to gather the two together, as Paul describes in detail in other places, and Revelation describes. God's going to merge them together into one new creation. Heaven includes those who have left this world and are already with God. And then the parts of creation still living on this world that we're no longer going to be separated is the point. One kingdom under the rule of Christ. This is what we've been talking about the last several weeks. I mean, that's the early Christian hope. There will be a new creation, a merging of heaven and earth. And this merging began with Jesus' resurrection. The early Christians, they believed that Jesus was the place where heaven and earth came together most clearly. That Jesus started this merging of new creation through his resurrection. We talked about that last week. Jesus' resurrection is a foretaste of what we will all experience. The Bible describes the resurrection of the body, and you know, just like Jesus received a new body through his resurrection, we will receive a new body in the new creation. And that's going to happen when heaven and earth come together, and when Jesus comes again and the final judgment occurs, and we're going to talk about that more next week. But to understand Jesus being the place where heaven and earth come together, we really need to understand how the Jews viewed the temple back in Jerusalem. It was so much more than a church building. For the ancient Jewish people, the temple in Jerusalem was the place where heaven and earth met. Hardly anybody could go into what was called the Holy of Holies because that was the place where God was. It was the place where heaven and earth came together. And for the early Christians, Jesus replaced the temple as the place where heaven and earth met. But Jesus is also the key to teach us how to become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Christians affirm Jesus was fully human and fully divine. And there's so much there. I mean, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a human woman. And being both human and divine, Jesus teaches us what it means to be more and more truly human, who we can be. But he also teaches us what God's like, because he's the place where the two completely meet. Jesus taught us how to become more human. I mean, his teachings, his life, all the way to the cross. That's a path to becoming more and more human. And he offers us this picture, this roadmap to being more and more what God wants us to be, to live as citizens in the kingdom of heaven, to be more and more fully human. But we have a choice here. We can walk that path, 
And we can live as Jesus taught. We can live after his example. We can be his disciple. Or we can choose a different path. Here's the point. One path is going to lead us closer and closer to the kingdom of God, which is where God is, heaven. The other is going to lead us away from God, hell. Now, hell, as we think about it, is not equal and opposite of heaven. I, I want us to really understand. That gives hell way too much power. But hell is very real. And like heaven, I want us to think of hell not as a place in our universe or our cosmos. I mean, don't think of a location like heaven being up in the clouds and hell being down in the depths of the earth. It's more like we should think of heaven and hell in terms of state of existence. Again, like N.T. Wright says, there are states of existence that aren't the same thing. And we can become more truly human by living as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And we mold our lives after the teachings and example of Jesus until we spend eternity with Jesus, fully human, in heaven. And we're awaiting the new creation. But hell is the place where we become less and less truly human. Because you become like what you worship. And if you worship, really worship the God in whose image you were made, you're going to become more and more genuinely human. But if you refuse to worship him, if you hold him at arm's length and you say, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you and I don't want you to have anything to do with me in my life, then you're going to become less and less fully human. You get further and further and further away from God as you start looking closer and closer like the things that you're really worshiping. Something that's created. Like money or an addiction or power or greed or lust. I mean, it's the things of this earth. And the list goes on and on. The point is, you get further and further until you're just completely separated from God. We're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come. But in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, that means we're supposed to pray the kingdom of heaven, which is the complete rule of God, right? That it ultimately becomes the same on earth. And that means we pray that God would become sovereign ruler on earth. Jesus taught us to pray that, not to pray that we would escape the earth and get to heaven, but that heaven would become on earth. And if we pray for something, that means this thing that we're, we're, we're bringing to God, we feel is so important we're bringing it to God's attention and that means we better be working for it on our end, right? I mean, at the very least, we offer to partner with God that he chooses to use us to be change agents, to be part of his work, so that whatever it is that we've said to God, this needs to start looking more on earth as it is in heaven, means we need to do what we can. We need to open our lives so that God uses us so that it really starts to become more and more on earth like it is in heaven. And I believe that's possible. 
I don't think Jesus would have given us a goal that's not attainable, right? It can happen. If we live our lives as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, this world, it starts to reflect more and more the rule of God. And it resembles heaven until finally, eventually, the two will become one. I want to pause for a second. We'll come back to that. But do you remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross? What did he say to the thief hanging right next to him? He said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. What did Jesus mean? What's paradise? Honestly, it's not a word that you find very often in the Bible. And it just simply means a resting place. It's, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's like a garden. Paradise in this sense, it's not a place that we're going to stay forever and ever. It's a place we'll be refreshed and restored until we continue the journey. Jesus didn't mean the thief would be at his final destination later that day. But he did mean that thief would be with God. When Jesus spoke about heaven, he was speaking about the place God ruled. And the place where those who died before the work of the kingdom on earth was complete would be. They'd be in paradise with God. Heaven's got space. Heaven is where God's rule is sovereign. It's where God's peace and God's justice are completely, fully experienced. But biblically, it's not the end destination. There's even more. God's plan from the very beginning of time. Paul described in Ephesians as heaven and earth would eventually become one. And a day will come when God's peace and God's justice will be fully experienced by all creation. God's rule will be sovereign for all eternity. And the point I want us to get, that began in and through Jesus. But the work's not complete. We're awaiting this. And we have marching orders for the time before. We're supposed to live as citizens of the kingdom, to live as Jesus taught. We're supposed to work for justice and righteousness in this world under the rule of King Jesus. And when that happens, heaven and earth come closer and closer together. The powers of darkness recede back further and further, and God's rule is experienced on earth as it is in heaven. Just like Jesus taught us we're supposed to pray, don't think of heaven as a place we end up. Think of heaven as a state of being that we get to experience, even on this side of eternity. It's where those who have gone before are with God. But don't forget, God's created that space and this space together, to work together. And the rule of God fully experienced, the presence of God is possible before and after death. Next couple of weeks, we're going to talk more about what the Bible says happens when we die. But I, I want to kind of come back to what Revelation says is going to occur when heaven and earth merge and the marriage between the two occurs. Revelation 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be his people. God will be with them, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. Mourning, crying, pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. He also said, write this. These words are trustworthy and true. He said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. And those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, they will be my children. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, and the polluted, and the murderers, and the fornicators, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all the liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now we're going to come back to the second coming and the judgment next week. But for right now, January 20 of 21, midst of a pandemic, an economy that's trying to recover, and people have lost their jobs and businesses are failing and right on the heels of a new inauguration. I want to ask you, what is the source of your hope? Are you right now proclaiming to the world that there is good news of great joy? It's not in anything of this world. Not you, not me. It's not in a party or a political platform or an agenda. It's in Christ and Christ alone. Christ will make through us, he'll make this earth look more and more like heaven. If we pray, we join you in prayer. Lord, I thank you for hope. I thank you for new life, for resurrection for a new creation. Lord, we need your hope. We need that good news of great joy. Help us to be agents of your kingdom, showing your work, showing your beautiful face this side of eternity. In your son's name we pray, amen.